Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever the Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. And what a weekend it was. What a weekend it was. I have to be honest. If I'm being completely honest with you, in my ride or die crew, we have a very unique connection. I try to be honest with you all every time I take to the mic. I hate the NFL draft weekend. I have to be completely honest. It is for the people that run the website, whether we're talking Brian Anthony Davis on the podcast side, Dave Schofield, the other co-editor, Michael Beck, doing social media stuff, myself doing all the things that I have to do. It's grueling. It is a grueling weekend. From Thursday, all day Thursday, to lead up to that round one, you're trying to recap the round one pick, and then you're getting geared up for uh, the second day, and then you get two new players, and then you're geared up for the third day, and then you get the undrafted free agents. It is a whirlwind. And I really hope that at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, I hope that is your one-stop shop for Steelers. And I say that all the time. But we put out so much content, and there's a lot of content still coming. I can tell you that like Jeffrey Benedict and Kevin Smith are going to be doing film room breakdowns. Uh, all that good stuff is still coming this week. We normally do it on the weekends, but I said, no, I don't want it to get washed away. But let's say you don't pay that close attention to the draft on the weekend. If you go to BehindTheSealCurtain.com and you're like, I want to read about Najee Harris. Like, what was everything written? Because that was so long ago. 
it wasn't that long ago from a you know actual day and hour standpoint, but from the actual standpoint of articles being submitted and published, that was a long time ago. Go to the website, scroll down to the bottom, and you'll see three different articles. They're actually called streams. And in those streams, one is for day three, one is for day two, and then one is for the round one pick of Najee Harris. And you will find all of the articles that we wrote about that individual in that one location. So that's the best way that I can do it so that the writers that are writing, all the stuff that we're putting out there doesn't just get washed away. So if you want to go back and you want to get caught up or you want to read about the instant reaction that we had, you want to read about the pick itself, you want to see the press conference videos, all that stuff is there, right there for you in one location. So I truly do hope that you checked out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and also our podcast platform just, boy, hit the ball out of the park. Really did. I'm super proud of everyone. Um, I can't believe, again, complete honesty, I can't believe I didn't fall asleep doing Let's Ride on Thursday night, I guess Friday morning. It was probably about one o'clock in the morning. I, I, I have to, I'm very, I'm very organized when it comes to my shows. I typically have notes. I have the breakdown of how I want to talk about everything. I, I look up statistics if I need to. Uh, whatever the case is, I try to be extremely organized. I had nothing. <laughs> I had nothing. I literally I just had a few thoughts in my head. I was like, I'm just going to go on and ramble. I hope it was okay. I was absolutely spent, just completely done. But um, to all the other podcasters out there that joined us, whether you were on the immediate reaction article, Dave Schofield, every single pick, nine picks doing breaking news podcasts, that's, that's not easy. Okay, that can be a lot. Uh, Brian Anthony Davis for setting everything up. Everyone from Maddie Peverell, Mark Davison, Kevin Smith, uh, all the guys and gals that joined us, uh, Michael Beck, Jeffrey Benedict, tremendous job, tremendous job. So they all, they all need a pat on the back and hopefully you all told them that they they're doing a great job. They did a great job this weekend. Okay. Let's get to this show today. I've been really excited for this show, uh, here, uh, recording this Sunday afternoon, evening, I've had a whole day almost to kind of think about the draft class, let things marinate a little bit. I was doing yard work and I was thinking about how do I want to talk about this? And I had a couple ideas that I tossed around. I spitballed with Brian Anthony Davis a little bit and we kind of finally came up with an idea. And that is, I'm going to give you all some reasons why fans should be excited about the 2021 NFL draft. Okay. They, you all should be excited about this draft class. And there's a lot of reasons why. And we're going to get to all of them. But I want to go through the draft picks themselves, and I want to kind of give you my take on these picks. I, I've had a lot of people, part of the members of the Ride or Die crew, on Twitter, you can follow me, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T, message me and say, Jeff, like, what are your thoughts on this draft class? And so I figured I'll just do it in a podcast. I'll start off the podcast, we'll go round by round, and I'll give you my takes on the pick, the player, and everything else that could possibly be involved. And this will all tie in together as we talk about why fans should be excited about the 2021 NFL draft class for the Steelers. And they got nine players, nine total players. So let's get this thing started, right? Thursday night, it's about 1130 at night, and all of a sudden the Steelers with pick number 24, they get out, They don't waste any time, by the way. And that's something that they did very little of throughout this draft. Keep that in mind. And it was a situation where on the television, it would come up, the Steelers are on the clock, and then boom, pick is in. That tells me 
that not only do they do their homework, because every NFL team should do their homework. I know the Steelers do their homework. I can't speak for every NFL team, but they knew who they wanted. And they knew that we want this guy, we got him. Take it. There's our pick. Put it in. And so that was impressive to me. You never once saw the Steelers waiting until the clock got down to a minute even, let alone 30 seconds before it showed up that, up oh, the pick is in. They knew who they wanted. So on Thursday night, they wasted no time, none, uh, no time at all, and they take Najee Harris from Alabama, the running back. So I'm like you all. I'd seen this mock done a million times. Najee Harris to Steelers. Najee Harris to the Steelers. Najee Harris to the Steelers. I mean, it had gotten so, I, I want to say the word overkill. It got that bad that I feel like a lot of people, I know Michael Beck openly said this, he almost was rooting against the Steelers drafting Najee Harris because he was so sick and tired of people talking about him. But he was their pick. He was their guy. And I didn't know a lot about Najee Harris other than the draft breakdowns, the highlight reels, all of that stuff. And it was a, it was actually a listener of the podcast that sent me a message and said, hey, have you checked out this docu-series on Najee Harris on YouTube? And I said, no, what are you talking about? He said, go check it out. It's called The Road to the Pros, and it's at Najee Harris. There's three parts. He said, you just got to watch it. I'm not going to say anything else. You got to watch it. So I did. I did. And it is, I, it's a must watch. I honestly believe it. It's a must watch. Just like last year when Bigger Than Ben, which was Ben Roethlisberger's documentary of him coming back from elbow surgery and the elbow injury. This was Najee Harris from a homeless kid. His family was homeless in the Bay Area in California, turning himself into a five-star recruit, going to Alabama and getting himself ready for the NFL draft. You got to watch it because you're not only going to see him in its in his in his purest form, meaning he's not putting on a show, he's talking as if you're a friend of his. But you're seeing also the kind of character that he has. And that's something that Kevin Colbert talked about uh, after they made the pick. Mike Tomlin talked about that. Um I think that Najee Harris is someone that's going to endear himself to the Steelers fans really quick. And I think that even though if you might be sitting there saying I feel like they could have gone a different direction. I feel like they could have gotten a better player. I'm going to guess by week eight, you're not going to be thinking that. I think by week eight, you're going to say, how do I order my Najee Harris jersey? I think that's the type of player that he is. I was, I'm happy with the pick. I They need a dynamic back. But at the time, after that pick, you know, myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Anthony Davis, Michael Beck, and a bunch of other podcasters jumped on and they were talking about how they, okay, day two is going to tell us a lot. Day two is going to tell us a lot. So what's going to what's going to be coming on day two? So on day two, we're all watching and we're hoping for Creed Humphrey. That's what everyone wanted. Creed Humphrey, the center from Oklahoma, he's a left-hander. Everyone said, okay, keep your eye on that center. And so other prospects that were available are starting to go. You're talking about players like Tevin Jenkins is gone. Um even uh, some other players that have been on the radar, uh, you know, Bolton from Missouri, all those things. Still, the Steelers have options when their pick comes around at 55 in round two. JOK was still on the board as an example. Creed Humphrey was still available. And I was foolish enough that I actually on the website, in the back end, I'm getting the article ready, 
I was foolish enough that when Creed Humphrey was still there, I said, they're going to take him. And I started to fill out the article. I started to put in the Steelers select Creed Humphrey with the second overall, the second round pick of the 2021 NFL draft. And I had gone through, I got a picture on there and everything was ready for them to make the pick. And then what happens? They take tight end from Penn State, Pat Fryermuth. Ugh. So not only was I just gut punched because I had to go back and change everything in an article, which meant more work for me, uh, but still it was a gut punch because you were thinking, I think we all thought the same thing. They're going to get their center in the second round. They got their running back in the first round. And then this is just going to be perfect. Like it's going to be perfect. And it's going to open them up to really hit a bunch of team needs in the second, uh, the rest of the day two, and then also on day three. So Fryermuth, I have to be honest with you all. Like I said, I'm not still not crazy about that pick. I understand he was not going to get to round three. I just don't know. I hope. I hope he's the two-way player, the two-way tight end they haven't had since Heath Miller left. Heath Miller was not ridiculously athletic, was not ridiculously gifted as an athlete, but he was a great blocker. He had great hands. He was. He knew how to find the open space, and he was Big Ben's. He was his security blanket on more than one occasion. And so Friar Muse got a long way to go, but I think that he and Eric Ebron – are fine and he is a good blocker that might be something that you might have heard like this kid can't block that's not the case so okay we're all kind of wondering what's going on you take a tight end with your second pick so you still have another pick on day two round three they take kendrick green from illinois and no one really knows much about him some people do i'm not one of those people i did not do any research on kendrick green but he's a little undersized for a center he is probably the most athletic center of all the centers that are were in this draft class, uh, he's a powerful young man. He loves to really. He he's kind of that bully in the middle. They do have said they, they do talk about how he has some struggles in certain areas of his game. He's a rookie, but at the same time, they got their center in round three. And from everything that you've read, is that this is who the Steelers wanted. They wanted him at center, and so after day two. You're looking at, wow, did they completely revamp the offensive philosophy, especially in the running game? Well, Najee Harris, he's a talented back. He can kind of do it all. He can run inside. He can run outside. He can catch the ball in the backfield. Pass blocking needs a little bit of work, but he's not too bad. Fryermuth can block, so no longer, maybe, maybe they won't need to go jumbo and put in an extra tackle, and you could actually have Fryermuth out there doing the job and then also being an uh, an option in the passing game they decide to maybe you know run a play fake i know that those are it's kind of foreign under the randy feetner era but still maybe they run a play fake uh and then kendrick green can he start on day one if he can't you do have bj finney who i think is serviceable enough that you can wait until green is ready you just hope that green can play this year but i think Fryermuth, Najee harris both are going to play a lot from day one Najee Harris, I think, is going to be the starting tailback, starting running back, whatever you want to call it, in week one, regardless of anything else that happens. So I like those day one and day two picks. They they went about it a little bit different than I thought, but I like those picks. So then day three comes around, and you're looking at the Steelers. They had two picks in the fourth, none in the fifth, a sixth, and two sevenths. And they end up getting a fifth-round pick. We'll talk about that. In round four, Dan Moore, Big Dan, 
That's what he goes by. Big Dan. I'm thinking, do we really have another Big Dan? Dan McCullers. Please tell me this is not the offensive version of Dan McCullers. That would be absolutely horrible to see this be Big Dan 2.0. He does go by Big Dan, but I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Very good offensive line. He's a tackle. He actually won some awards at Texas A&M. So I think that Dan Moore is going to be a guy that really, um, I think that Dan Moore is really going to be a, a guy that he's a project a little bit, but maybe he turns into a swing tackle and, hey, he's an insurance policy next year because Chuk's a core for, if you recall, he's going to be at the end of his rookie contract. So if the Steelers say, hey, Chooks, thanks but no thanks, man. We got Dan. We got big Dan. He might be ready to go in 2022. So then in the second pick of the fourth round, just a few picks after that, Buddy Johnson. And I say Buddy because he might be Big Dan's buddy because they both played at Texas A&M. Buddy Johnson was a, is an inside linebacker. And this guy, when you just see a picture of him, he just looks like a linebacker. He's got that, that uh, neck collar that used to be really prominent in the 90s for linebackers. He's, his name is Buddy. I mean, the guy just reeks of a winner, you know? Uh, but again, he's probably going to be a special team guy. He might be a guy that's going to fill in for the Vince Williams role once Williams is done. He's going to have a year to kind of learn and to get get himself prepared for life in the NFL. But a fourth-round pick, I think that they're expecting a lot from him. In, in year one, it might just be on special teams. Year one, they might say, all right, buddy, we I say that like it's it sounds funny. All right, buddy. All right, so buddy, we're gonna want you to go out there. You're gonna need. To, we want you to be a demon on special teams. Go out there, wreak some havoc. That's exactly what Vince Williams did, and that kind of sparked his. I don't want to say his ascension to the starting role because he was starting as a rookie when Larry Foot got hurt. But still, it was where he made a name for himself. Buddy Johnson could do the same thing on special teams, make a name for himself. Okay, so here's where things get sketchy. Up until this point. I'm fine. I'm fine with this draft. Why am I? Why would I? Who would I be upset? I'm not a guy that knows enough about the draft to say, "Oh, they could have gotten this player or that player instead of Buddy Johnson." What a horrible! That's not me. That's not me. Not only because I don't know better, but also because I don't study these second, third tier players enough. A lot of people do. I'm not one of them. But this is where things go a little haywire. And we'll be back after this break to break that down. Stay tuned. Be right back. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to Let's Ride, part two, segment two of this Monday podcast. I hope you're having a great start to your week, and my goodness, we're breaking down the draft picks, and we're going pick by pick. I'm giving you my thoughts on not only the situation itself, but also the pick itself. Did I like it? 
did I not like it? And so I, we had just gone through round four. They just select Buddy Johnson. And now myself, everyone else that's involved with BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is thinking, okay, we get a chance to breathe. We get a little break. There's no fifth round pick. But you do this job enough. And again, I've been editing this site in some way, shape, or form since Bud Dupree was drafted. You know that you can never go far. You can never go far. I couldn't say, all right, I'm going to go run to the grocery store. I'll be right back because they don't have a pick in the fifth round. Why? Because they can always make a trade. And that's exactly what happened. The Steelers trade a 2022 fourth round pick to the Miami Dolphins to move into the fifth round. And so they're making an aggressive move. They're trading up to get a player that they want. All right, a player that they want. Isaiah Loudermilk from Wisconsin, a defensive tackle defensive end in the 3-4. They're expecting him to back up players like Cam Hayward, Stefan Tuitt. Isaiah Loudermilk, which has two H's, by the way. Isaiah with two H's. Keep that in mind in case you're ever trying to do some research. If you just put one H, you might not find as much material as if you spell correctly with two H's. This was a curious trade-up, and a lot of people that know a lot more about these prospects than I do, they were really scratching their head on this. And they're saying, gosh, you trade up? Like, they traded a fourth-round pick in 2022. So they didn't give up any draft capital this year. But they give up a very valuable pick next year. Most would say that they're probably going to get some comp picks, and that's fine. But whatever, you're trading away a quality fourth-round pick to get this player that some, some had him as a sixth- or seventh-round pick. And they're taking him in the fifth. Hey, if if you know what you want, you go and get it. That's what that's I've always believed that about the draft. You cannot listen to what other people think, how other people view prospects. You have to say, this is how we graded this player. We don't think he's gonna be here in round six. We need to go up and get him. And so they did. They didn't want to give up their sixth round pick. They stayed where they were in the sixth round, but they trade to go up and get this player, Loudermilk, Isaiah Loudermilk from Wisconsin. He is going to be someone that I am going to be keeping a very close eye on because as you watch and you're sitting there saying, okay, this is a guy that they valued enough to trade capital, future capital to go up and get. I want to see how he performs. I want to see how he performs. Again, though, if you're looking at the the lay of the land, you're, you're probably thinking, how is he going to fit in? Well, someone like Isaiah Bugs, or, you know, even Wormley, if he's not panning out, uh, Carlos Davis, Henry Mondo. There's some players that probably aren't going to be on the team this year because Loudermilk was drafted. Okay, so that left us really in a tizzy. We were wondering, what is what is going on? How is this happening? So it keeps moving. The draft keeps moving, and it was actually moving at a pretty good clip on day three. And in the sixth round, they take Quincy Roche, a edge pass rusher who actually was from Temple and then transferred to the U, Miami. Now, the the... This was okay. It was a good pick. A lot of people had him projected as a fourth or fifth round pick. He slides to the sixth. So if you're looking at those rankings type things, you're seeing that it's a good value pick in the sixth round. He is a good technician. He's not extremely athletic. Most people are suggesting that Roche will be able to come in in year one and maybe be a rotational player to you know spell TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith. They do have Cassius Marsh. But still, they're thinking that he might be able to help with that. But the one thing that was noticeable about Roche for me was in his post-draft press conference, he was talking about how he grew up in Baltimore. 
He grew up in Baltimore. His whole family are Ravens fans. And he gets drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I, he said, look, he told his family, I don't want to see, even see the color purple anymore. So as a guy that lives in the state of Maryland, I love Roche because it's like he's come to the dark side. It's awesome. I love that story. He has a lot of work ahead of him. But, man, if he can come in and contribute, it would be a great thing as a sixth-round pick. So they had two. The Steelers had two seventh round picks. The first pick they take Trey Norwood, and this is one of the. He's very versatile. Oklahoma defensive back, and I say defensive back because everyone thought he was a cornerback. Mike Tomlin was the one who read the pick on ESPN. I'm not sure if it was on the NFL Network, and he said we'll take DB Swiss Army knife versatile safety Trey Norwood. I'm like, oh my gosh, Mike Tomlin is throwing everything at this kid already. When you do some research, he can play the slot. He can play safety positions. He can play outside corner. He uh, had five interceptions last year at Oklahoma. So maybe Trey Norwood is a player that can come in and maybe it's fill in for Mike Hilton in the nickel. But if that's not it, maybe he can fill in for Cam Sutton in the dime. Maybe there's a role that they see him taking. I'm not sure. He was a seventh-round pick, though. Please keep that in mind. So I get excited, too, when I hear Mike Tomlin label him as a Swiss Army knife, a really versatile defensive back. But at the same time, I have to pump the brakes and say he's also a seventh-round pick. And I always refer back to what Dave Schofield says about seventh-round picks. He always says seventh-round picks are just undrafted free agents that you don't want to compete with other teams to get. And so you draft them in the seventh round. Maybe that's what they see in Norwood. I don't know. We'll see how it pans out. But the pick of the draft, that's right, baby. The second, seventh round pick, they get a young man, a very big young man, punter, Presley Harvin third from Georgia Tech. This is my guy. I'm telling you what, this, this pick is so much more than just a punter. Everyone that listens to my podcast know that I'm not a fan of Jordan Berry. I feel like the Steelers could get a punter that is consistent that has a big leg that is just everything that you expect from a professional punter and in other words i don't think jordan berry is it so they bring in this guy who's 260 pounds presley harvin he's got a big leg they say that he does sometimes lack the touch inside the 20 but he's got a booming leg he's a big guy he's he'll have no problem tackling returners if it comes down to it but I'll tell you why I really like this pick. So when the Steelers picked Trey Norwood out of Oklahoma, and I said they had one pick left. So I go on Twitter and I type in, you have one pick left, Steelers. Please let it be a punter. And I use the gif of Ricky Bobby um, from Talladega Nights where he has his hands, Will Ferrell's praying, and says, Dear Lord, Baby Jesus. And a lot of my ride or die crew thought it was funny. And then what do they do? They actually take a punter. And when the pick was made, I am not – Joking. So I'm doing a lot of work for the website. I am getting that article out on um, out on the website. I'm going back in. I'm adding stuff. I'm getting other articles prepped. And so I'm not on Twitter at that time. And so I go back once everything's kind of died down, and I check my Twitter notifications. And I swear, I'm not joking, you all. I probably had 40 to 50 people that said, oh, my gosh, Jeff, they got a punter. Is Jordan Berry actually going to be gone? I thought about you when they made that pick. That made my weekend, everybody. Like, that really did. Like, 
for for the people that I call my ride or die crew, and those are people that never miss my show. And I'm sure that there's a part of you that feels like you know me, and that's great. That's if I'm if that's the way you feel, I'm doing my job. I'm being open. I'm being honest, and you're like being welcomed into my Steeler brain three times a week. Uh, it was to the point that one of our one of my ride or die crew shared that his sister was cancer-free and only had two rounds of chemo left. He goes, you're not even my friend, but I felt like I should tell you, tell somebody. That's unbelievably mind-boggling to me. Um, you all are the best. My listeners are the absolute best. And Presley Harvin, which I'm, I'm still extremely excited about this guy, uh, not just because of Jordan Berry. It's just because, I, I don't know, you like the you love the underdog. You love that seventh round pick, that last guy. That can he make the team? I hope he does. I hope he does. But I really wanted to share my appreciation for my ride or die crew uh, because you all made my weekend. It was it was really special. And I told my wife about it, and she laughed. She said, "I can't believe people take you serious." And I said, "I don't either. I don't know what." <laughs> She's just joking. She's my biggest fan. Okay, so let's. Come back to the beginning, which is why should fans be excited about this NFL draft? Uh, let's talk about some reasons. So all in all, they spent four, nine total picks, four on offense. The first four picks, mind you, the first four picks were all offensive players. They had four on defense and then one special teams. Obviously, we're talking about big press, Presley, uh, the punter. He was a special team. So I need to do some digging because after day two, the last time the Steelers had drafted three straight players in on offense, so rounds one, two, and three, they went all offense, goes all the way back to when the Steelers drafted Cordell Stewart in 1995. But he wasn't their first pick. In the 1995 draft, they took Mark Bruner, the tight end, in the first round. They took Cordell Stewart in the second round, and then they took Brendan Stye, a guard in the third round. So that was the last time they had done one, two, three offense, offense, offense. And now they went one, two, three, four offense. I need to look it up and see when the last time, if they've ever done that, but they did it this year. A lot of folks out there, I see it on Twitter. I see it in the comment section of behind the steel curtain.com are saying all they did was draft for team need. And yes, they did check a lot of boxes. But they also got players that won awards for their work in college. And Najee Harris is a very decorated player. I don't think any, he needs, he doesn't need any introduction at all. Uh, Dan Moore was an award winner. Uh, you even talk about uh, Presley Harvin being an award winner. These players were good players. And like I said at the beginning, when the Steelers wasted little time getting their pick in, it tells me they knew who they wanted and they're going to go get them. And they're going to make sure that they get their guy. But you know what? I I get a feeling that a lot of these, we'll call it angst, we'll call it uncertainty about this draft class, stems from people that might say, well, I was looking at the ESPN grades, and -and so-and-so gave them a C overall, or someone gave them a B- minus or a a, a C- minus or a D plus, whatever the grade is. They could give it an F. I don't care. You just have to ignore the grades. Okay, you just have to ignore the grades. And you have to be willing to say, that the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, all the scouts, the front office, they know more than we do. They know more than we do, and they know better than we do. Yes, you might be sitting there on your couch saying, oh, they could have gotten Creed Humphrey in round two, but maybe there was something about Creed Humphrey they didn't like. Maybe there was something about Creed Humphrey they said, I don't know if this guy is, gonna, is a, is a second-round pick for us. And they didn't take him. 
we don't know what they're thinking. And so this kind of reminded me of a, a, a quick story. And I'll tell you this story. It all makes sense. Because some of these picks that they made, they're kind of like, really? Like, what? what is that? Like, who is that? What does this player bring to the team? So I grew up in Wheeling, West Virginia. And I grew up as a Nintendo guy. The regular Nintendo. Black, gray, red buttons. 8-bit Nintendo. Nintendo Classic. It had the cartridges you had to blow in and tap. And you had to do the hit the reset button, all these tricks to get the games to work properly. And I grew up with my Nintendo. And then the Nintendo was getting phased out and Super Nintendo came out. I didn't get it. I didn't want it. I love my Nintendo. But then eventually they stopped making Nintendo games. And so I had to get a new system. I didn't get Super Nintendo. My parents got me a Sega Genesis. This was weird. Sega Genesis, the controller was a lot bigger. You had ABC instead of just A and B. Uh, The games were definitely more sophisticated. I'm not sure how many like bits they had or anything like that, but I was, I've always been a huge sports guy. And so back in the early nineties, I was all about hockey. I loved hockey. The Pittsburgh Penguins were amazing to watch. I loved Mario Lemieux and the years that he and Yager played together were just, they were so much fun. They were so much fun to watch. And there's a minor league hockey team in Wheeling. The, the Wheeling Thunderbirds is what they were called at the time. Now they're the Wheeling Nailers. We were season ticket holders. We went every single game. Uh, I loved and still do love the game of hockey. And so games like NHLPA 93 and NHL 95 and NHL 97, I played those things to death. To death. It's a known commodity. My parents knew that if they got me NHL 95, I'm going to play that thing until I can't play anymore if it's not nice and I'm not playing hockey outside because I grew up playing hockey. Joe Montana football is another game I loved on Sega Genesis. But then, one year my birthday, which is in February, I get a game. It's a basketball game. And my dad says, the guy at the store said this was a good game. A lot of kids like it. So we thought we'd give it to you. It was on sale. I'm like, what? What, what is this? Like, I, I, I thought that... The NBA, NBA Jam, like I'm not a basketball guy. Pittsburgh doesn't have a basketball team. What is this? Like what in what in the world is this? And he said, just give it a chance. The game was NBA Jam. Okay, now if anyone was old enough, if you're like me, my age, I'm 38 years old, you remember NBA Jam. Because NBA Jam was a tremendous basketball game. It was awesome. So once I gave once I actually gave it a shot and I actually played the game, Holy cow. I loved it. Loved it. There was the whole steamer. If you hit like three threes in a row, they would say he's heating up and he's on fire. And the ball would actually be on fire. And you were doing these flips when you do it was great. A great video game. Awesome game. How, what does Sega Genesis and NBA jam have to do with this draft class? Well, just like when I got that game and I said, what is this? There were a lot of picks in this draft that people were saying, what is this? Mainly Isaiah Loudermilk, trading into the fifth to get him. What what, what is this? Like what is this? And and Buddy Johnson, like what what is this? Like what is this? Come on. Maybe just maybe. Just like NBA Jam, it's gonna turn out to be really good. And you're gonna say, I don't never I don't know why I ever doubted this. This game is great. This player is great. Maybe Isaiah Loudermilk is gonna be the next player that takes over for Cam Hayward or Stefan to it. Maybe Buddy Johnson is the next Vince Williams 2.0, maybe just a little bit more athletic. If that's the case, heck yes. Let's sign me, sign me up. Let's do it. Let's go. I feel like I'm Kendrick Green when he got the call from Mike Tomlin. He gets off the phone. He takes his sunglasses, slams them on the ground. Looks like he's about to rip his shirt off. He's all jacked up. The dude's ready to hit somebody. Maybe that's what we'll get. Something to think about. 
Something to think about, folks. Maybe, just maybe, these players are like the NBA Jam game I got back in the 90s. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed that little story to finish out the show. Look, we're going to be back on Wednesday, as always, for Let's Ride On. But make sure you wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain so that you can subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. If you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, please, please, please give us a five-star rating. Leave us a good comment. If you do enjoy the content, because it goes a really long way towards exposure, the more ratings we get, the higher we are on the search engines. So if if you can just take a minute, it doesn't even take a minute, go in, hit that five star, leave a good comment. Even if it's just like ride or die crew for life. I love let's ride. Jeff Hartman is the best. He's my man. I don't care. I'm just joking with you, by the way. It would be a big help. Absolutely be a big help. BehindTheSteelCurtain.com should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I did. I'll be back on Wednesday, but you know how we finish it out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.